Welcome to the Player Development Pod, presented by Beyond the Field. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Ed Jones II, and I'm the founder of the Beyond the Field program and an experienced player development professional. This podcast is here to bring exposure to the player development field with the goal of creating generational impact in athletics and surrounding areas. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend time with me here on this platform. In today's episode, we will continue our series called The Questions of Player Development. We will begin the show after this ad by our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Beyond the Field Program, LLC. Beyond the Field is now providing consulting services. The services are the following. Staff consulting, program evaluation, program creation, and player development education. Please head to btfprogram.com and click on our consulting tab to find out more. We help you help athletes create generational impact. All right, today we continue our series called The Questions of Player Development. The past year, I collected a number of questions for my next book. I decided why not bring the book to this podcast? In this episode, we will cover questions 31 through 33. Question 31, what are the main components that go into starting a program to assist student athletes development? Who helped to assist you? And do you need approval from others? All right, so when starting a player development program, it's important that the main components are passions shared and lived by the person who will run the program. I've said this before in different episodes, but you have to be passionate about those components because you are giving a lot of yourself into this position. For me, Beyond the Field's three main components are personal wellness, community impact, and career development. These pillars are important to me because I believe and know they are essential to the enhancement of the student athlete experience. In these three pillars, we would take care of the athlete. That's the component of personal wellness. Take care of the community. That's the component of community impact. And take care of the player's future. That's the component of career development. You have to ensure that whatever main components you use, whatever you use, you have to ensure that they're easily identifiable. I say this because not only do you need to know it, but you have a staff. I had a coaching staff. They would get on the road and they would say, hey, Ed, like he talks about player development. And I would tell them, let the parents know we're going to take care of the player. We're going to take care of the community and we'll take care of their future. So personal wellness, community impact and career development. They have to be identifiable. When people come in, they should see it in your office. When you talk about it every time you get up in front of staff, you should talk about at least one of the components, but it should be identifiable. This is what player development is for this program. Now, there are many components to choose. You could choose leadership development, character development, personal development. There's a plethora of components that you can choose. But make sure, like I said earlier, that the ones you choose you're passionate about, those will create the most possibilities. I've been able to extend the program greatly because I'm passionate about the three pillars that I've chosen. So once again, I'll say it again and I'll say it again and I'll say it again. Please, please, please pick components that you're passionate about. So when answering who assisted me, um, I did the components by myself. I did some researching of other departments and felt that these three 
personal wellness, community impact, and career development were the best for what we were doing at the time in Houston. When I started at Kansas, Lauren Hawkins, shout out to Lauren. I got to see Lauren this past week at the Black Sports Business Symposium in Atlanta. So proud of you, Lauren. But when I got to Kansas, Lauren was an incredible help in taking the player development program to the next level. Now, when we talk about getting the approval, um, answering that question, really the approval in this role is usually easy because the approval is needed or comes from the head coach. You have to ensure that the player development program aligns with the head coach's vision for the program. With that said, I've only had one time in my career where I had to make massive changes to the player development program. Make sure you get clear, constant communication from whoever you need approval from. Emphasis on the clear part of the communication. Ensure both parties understand what's being communicated and then come back and ask again to submit what's needed of you. Once again, make sure that there is clear communication. Not only that you're getting what's being asked of you, but they also understand what they're asking you to do. Make sure the communication is clear from whoever you get the approval from. If that's a head coach, if that's a chief of staff, if that's a director of operations, if that's an AD, whatever it may be, make sure that the approval for programs, initiatives is clear. Question 32, how much interaction do you have with coaches? Is there an influx in your role when the head coach is more conscious of your department? There is constant interaction with coaches in this role. To have success in this role, communication with coaches is imperative. You have to have beneficial and efficient interactions. I was a former coach and I never liked to get blindsided by information in a staff meeting or another setting. So I want to make sure that they know something. My goal was to ensure that the coaches I work with knew the foundational information of situations, good or bad, especially for the players at their position group. I didn't want them to go in a meeting and it's like, hey, I didn't know about this. They get called out about one of their players, once again, good or bad. They don't like to get caught off guard. I didn't like to get caught off guard as a coach, so I wanted to make sure that they didn't get caught off guard. I say foundational because in some situations, you can't tell every detail. If you're a coach listening to that, you're probably not too happy because you want to know everything. Once again, I always gave the foundational information. This is what you need to know, coach. This is what you need to know about the situation. But I didn't want to give everything because the players trusted me with deep information and you cannot break that trust with the players in this role. It takes a while to build trust. And once you break it with the players, you'll never get it back. You want to ensure that they can trust coming to you, but you also have a job to do. There are certain things you need to report, good or bad, once again, that you have to give. So what I would say in situations is I would tell players, all right, this is going on. They come off. OK, look. This is what we know. I have to tell coach this part. I have to. I got to let him know about this part. He cannot get caught off guard, whatever it may be. All right, cool. Now, this other part, let's get better on this. This is me and you. Thank you for coming to me, but you can trust me with this. And I had a really good time with this in my career. The coaches knew that I was going to give them enough for them to have an opportunity to understand and possibly help their player. So it worked out for me. Here are some of the topics covered in communication with the coaches. Academics, enrollment updates, recruiting, emergency situations, travel plans, player summer plans and tracker, relationship dynamics, family dynamics, and housing. My interactions with coaches also included building relationships with these coaches. Every university I worked for, I was on coaches' row. So coaches' row is like all their offices. I personally didn't like it as a director of player development because, you know, if a player wanted to come talk to you, they had to walk either by their coach so I always wanted to be like around the corner from Coach's Row, but everywhere I worked, I was on Coach's Row. 
I was in the coach's locker room. I traveled. I was at all lifts and I'll practice with the coaching staff. So a lot of interaction, you get to know these men. I've been blessed to work with some incredible men in this role who have become my friends. As far as the influx question of head coaches that care about player development, truly care, mm, I really don't see that influx, unfortunately. In my experience, I'd probably say I could count the coaches that truly care on one hand, but I don't see there being more than 15 coaches that truly care about player development in the way I define it. Find out more about the way I define player development in the episodes titled What is Player Development and How Player Development Helps Athletic Programs. Question 33, how often do you become involved with coaches in a negative light? Do you see this smile? Do you see this smile? If you listen to this, you can't see the smile, but you can hear my smile. Who would put me in a negative light? <laughs> oh, I'll keep this one short. Uh, this doesn't happen very often. The coaches I've had conflict with are usually insecure, bad at communication, selfish, prideful, and see coaching as transactional. Not going to spend too much time on this because I don't like negative energy, but the coaches I have had conflict with or have been seen in a negative light they normally see everybody like that. Some people are wired differently, sadly, but hey, no one could stop the light of generational impact. I kept a sign in my office that stated, I am here for student athletes. This reminded me daily to keep the main thing the main thing because I was there for the impact of the student athlete. All right, it's time for the former player shout out. I want to give recognition to those that I've coached or led who are doing great things beyond the field. This episode, I want to give a shout out to Kalik Kakuma. Kalik played running back for us at the University of Houston from 2014 to 2018. I always admired Kalik's calm demeanor and maturity he possessed. He knew what he wanted and didn't let many things get to him. In spring of 2018, he graduated with a degree in retail and consumer science with a minor in supply chain logistics. Kalik landed his job at Lockheed Martin in 2018 from a job fair at the Alumni Center. Let's go athletic job fairs. Today, Kalik works as a subcontract administrator in the supply chain management department of Lockheed Martin. We had a really cool experience with Kalik. We were playing in the Fort Worth Bowl and it was sponsored by Lockheed Martin and he had graduated at the time. And he came and, you know, greeted us as we came in the hotel. And it was so awesome to see one of our former players as a professional. Um, that was inspirational to the players and so great for me to see. Kalik, keep crushing it. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for taking time to listen. Go follow Beyond the Field on Twitter and IG at BTF underscore program and on Facebook at BTF program. These episodes are also loaded into YouTube so you can find us there. Search Beyond the Field program and subscribe there. Tag us on social media and let us know what you learned about player development from today's show. Use hashtag the PD pod as the hashtag for our show. Go visit the website, btfprogram.com and check out the resources and the blogs. While on the website, purchase your copy of the Beyond the Field Volume 1 ebook. In this ebook, I detail the player development programs and what I use to have success in this role. Subscribe, 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 subscribe to this podcast on the platform you're listening to. Please rate and leave a review of the show. It would mean so much to me. Share this podcast if you believe it will benefit someone to learn more about player development. Next episode, we will end our questions of player development series with questions 34 through 37, in which we will discuss which initiative have the student athletes been the most receptive to? What are some workshops you would like to see more for athletes? How do you approach working with leadership development for first year student athletes? And what is the biggest challenge obstacle to getting athletes to buy in? I look forward to the next podcast. Thank you for tuning in and spending your valuable time with me. God bless you. Have a great day. Go out and create generational impact today. Don't wait. 
create that generational impact today.